Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nothing About You Says Computer Technology, a podcast about cybersecurity and data privacy viewed through the lens of diverse voices. I'm your host, Anthony, a cybersecurity, data privacy, and regulatory attorney based in Oklahoma City. While I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer, and this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Instead, think of this as a conversation between two friends. But if you need legal advice, please, please, please find a local attorney that can help you. Today, we have an interview with Greg Edwards, the CEO of CryptoStopper. We talk about ransomware, diversity, and rural cybersecurity. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I'm super excited to speak with Greg Edwards, the CEO of CryptoStoppers. Uh, before we get into what you do now, I want to start with uh, your origin story. How did you start in the cybersecurity field? Yeah, so actually I started, um, very first started out working for a software company, was my my very first job. Uh, and then I started my own network consulting business in 1998. So uh, it's <laughs> that shows my age. Um, but cybersecurity was always a component and actually starting out in 98 really wasn't, you know, was not even antivirus. We didn't even have antivirus back then. Uh, The I love you bug was the first kind of widespread big virus that came out in 2001. And then that started, okay, now we actually need antivirus. Um, And it was, it was just a compounding effect from from that point, um, I started an offsite backup and disaster recovery company uh, in the early 2000s. And by 20, 2012, we started seeing ransomware attacks hitting. And by 2015, um, so in that short 2012 to 2015 period, we were doing more full-on recoveries because of ransomware attacks than everything else combined. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And, and so then that morphed into, um, from that experience, dealing with and helping, um, helping small businesses and, and midsize enterprise businesses through those recoveries of ransomware is really what triggered the, the full-on cybersecurity um, passion that I, that I have today. Oh, that's great. Let, let's talk about what you do now. What what do you do at Crypto Stoppers? Yeah, so we have uh, an anti-ransomware tool that we built specifically to stop ransomware attacks that get past the other defenses. So 77% of companies that are hit by ransomware have up-to-date antivirus, and it gets past. I mean, that's why one of the reasons why ransomware is so prevalent. Uh, and so we built a tool for my managed sort of the business that I started in 1998, I still own. Um, and we built this tool specifically for the clients of that business. Um, and what it does is it deploys bait files throughout the network and then watches for that action of encryption happening and then triggers an event to either uh, kill the process that's running or isolate the device from the network if it's attacking a network device. So we talk a lot about ransomware on our podcast, but now that I have someone who's a technical person, more technical than me because I'm a cybersecurity lawyer, could you give us a definition of ransomware and then just talk to us about why people should be taking it seriously? Sure. So fundamentally, all ransomware is, is it's just an 
encryption of files that that then has a password and encryption key that you have to pay for to get access to those files back. So fundamentally, it's very simple. If, if anyone's familiar with WinZip um, or any of the zip applications that we used to always use, um, that's really the, the basis of what ransomware is. It just takes your files, encrypts them, locks them, and then you have to pay to either re, you know, restore from backup or pay to get that encryption key to unlock them. Could you just talk for a moment just about why people should be taking this seriously? We, we've seen a lot of this, you know, this past year with ransomware attacks. And, and when you see all of those stories repeatedly about these attacks, it makes you feel that people aren't really taking this as seriously as they should. It, yeah, well, and starting seeing it from um, way back in 2012, which seems like forever ago at this point. <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree. People haven't taken it seriously and they really need to because it it's so prevalent. So the FBI is estimating that in 2021, we'll see a ransomware attack on a company or entity, whether that's nonprofit or government, uh, every 11 seconds. So some company or entity getting hit every 11 seconds of all of 2021. Um, and that's that's mind mind blowing how prevalent it is and and that people aren't taking it more seriously. Um, so what happens uh, and what I've experienced firsthand in talking with business owners is that it I mean, it shuts the business down. If you can imagine all of the data files on a on a PC and or network being locked and you now can't answer, it can't access them, then that it shuts the business down and can be anywhere, you know, if they have a good backup and the attackers didn't also sabotage the backup, then you're talking, you know, a few hours to a few days of disruption. But I've seen instances where the backups were also sabotaged and also part of that ransomware attack. So not only did they ransom the, the existing files that are actively being used, but then also sabotage the backups and encrypt all the backups. So you can't recover. And, and I mean, that can take, you know, then it ends up getting to the point where they pay the ransom. And a lot of times, even with, with backup, people will pay the ransom because it's faster than going through the recovery. So I, I read that the cost last year for ransomware attacks globally cost companies $20 billion dollars. And then last uh, in 2019, the cost was almost half of that. Could you kind of explain uh, this surge in the frequency and the cost of these attacks? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the one of the big drivers of that that surge um, was the the pandemic. So, people going and working from home, taking their machines, um, and taking them out of the corporate environment and taking them home, it, it opened up a lot more entry points for those ransomware attacks. And um, the, the other thing that we saw in 2019 and then going into 2020 is ransomware as a service. So what that is, basically when you think about software as a service, um, the ransomware attackers changed the model so that they're the really the really high-end developers that were creating ransomware decided to take and make that available to less sophisticated ransomware attackers. And so, I mean, basically anyone that has 
a, even a minor level ability of skill can be a ransomware attacker. And that's, that was a big driver uh, in addition to then the, the pandemic and people taking their machines home. So we've seen a lot of schools be hit by ransomware attacks during the pandemic. Kind of what other trends have you been seeing? Um, so, I mean, the major trends that I've seen are, are like you say, the schools being hit. And I mean, the reason there is so that, I mean, when everything is online or a portion is online, it's much more, um, it just much more urgent to get that back up. Um, some other trends that I've seen are 911 centers being hit. So if you take down a county's 911 system, that's a very urgent need to get that back up. Um, same thing with, with hospitals and healthcare services. Uh, so those, and then just the, the prevalence and the, the frequency of attacks would be the, I guess the final trend that I've seen happen in 2020 and then carrying into 2021. So I know everyone was super excited to close the door on 2020 <laughs> and head into the new year. But along with the, the frequency of attacks coming for, for this year, uh, what other things do you expect to happen related to ransomware attacks? Yeah. So, yeah, I was uh, I was also very excited to see the door close on 2020, <laughs> just like everyone else. But then kind of feel like it's been a letdown since then. Right. Um, where. <laughs> It, 2021 is not going that great so far, but it's going to get better. So the 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 things that I see coming and becoming more prevalent are the exfiltration in addition to the ransomware attack itself. So what that means is that these attackers are not only uh, encrypting the files that are on the local system, but they're also taking those offsite. So they're stealing the data in addition to encrypting it. that That's the big, I, I would say that's going to be very prevalent with each ransomware attack that happens, because then even if you have backups and you can recover, they still come back to you and say, pay, or we're going to release this data on the dark web. That is something that I've, I've seen a lot in, in news stories. One way that I talk about cybersecurity on this podcast or in the classes that I teach on cybersecurity law, I always start by talking about cybersecurity issues that we see in the news. Is there a recent story that people should be paying uh, more attention to from a cybersecurity lens? Well, so, I mean, I think that the 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 biggest story of of 2020 and you've probably talked through this um, was the attack on Garmin so that that's a not that recent of a story but I still think is a a a good story to look to in that Garmin had some of the most sophisticated cybersecurity defenses of of any company out there and they were still vulnerable so companies need to look at and really, appreciate the fact that they are a target and they need to have that fully layered defense and we can protect companies. I mean, I'm, I'm certain as you've seen that, that companies have to take cybersecurity seriously and that having that layered approach to cybersecurity is what will protect companies. That was a really important story uh, and, and kind of teaching us some some important lessons that everyone, uh, no matter the size, no matter the types of defenses, that you should always kind of keep your head on the swivel, you know, coach talk. So, yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So a lot of our listeners are beginners in the field or people who are just starting to get an interest in cybersecurity. What advice do you have for people who are starting out in the field? Yeah, so so I mean I think that the the biggest thing with cybersecurity is that you have to have a broad understanding across the whole technology scope that small and medium and enterprise-sized businesses have. So it's really difficult to be a cybersecurity expert without having that broad knowledge of what the full technology stack looks like within a company. Um, so I think that that's the first place to start. And I, and I think most anyone that's going into cybersecurity, you know, is, is going to have that passion for the full um, technology stack. So having that broad understanding and then bringing it down to a more narrow focus. And I really see that going forward. So having a broad understanding and then finding something that you're really passionate about, whether that be border security or application security, or, you know, if you ultimately want to be a CISO, um, then you really need to have that, that broad understanding, narrow focus, and then bring it back to the, the full technology stack that you need to understand. So um, I think that the certifications that are out there, I think in this field, you absolutely need to go through those certifications. I think a great place to start is the certified ethical hacker and getting that certification that isn't that difficult. I mean, it's time consuming, but it's not that difficult of a certification to get. So I would recommend that as a starting point. And then the CISP and some of the other higher level cybersecurity certifications is the route that I would go. So that's a kind of an interesting point. You talked about this certified ethical hacker as a starting point. Do you think that's a better starting point than maybe a security plus certificate? Um, Well, I would say it probably has to start with that security plus so the CompTIA, um, getting some of those basics, and that that is that broad knowledge, and getting the I, I honestly don't even know what the uh, what the current like minimum um, CompTIA certifications are. I'm sure there's still the Network Plus and then the Security Plus. So get, getting those as a as a stepping stone, but then as you move into the cybersecurity field specifically, I think that the Certified Ethical Hacker is a good place to start. So one debate that we often see on social media, on cybersecurity, Twitter, you'll see uh, people talking about the best path for starting out certificates versus degrees in computer science. (laughs) Do you have any thoughts on what path is better? And and have you hired people who only have certificates? So, yes, hired hired both. And and honestly, experience is more important to me than anything else. Um, I think that, you know, I think certifications are important from the standpoint of their verification that, yes, you actually have the experience that that you say that you have. But to me, that experience is more important than anything else. And that's that I know if I were a recent college graduate coming out and you have to have five or seven years of experience to get into this field, how do you ever get there? That's that's always a problem. So um, a lot of times, I mean, there's so many jobs right now that new new people coming out of, of college, if they've had the experience and been hackers themselves or not 
I don't want to say hackers, but they've been white hat hackers can can prove that. That's really more important to me than than anything else. So it's that experience, whether that be in a company or being able to prove that you have the hacking skills to understand how a hacker thinks and then bring that back to, okay, now I have the certifications to back that experience up. That's, that's more important to me than, um, and even than a degree. I mean, I, I love to hire college graduates, but that's not the first, I mean, the first thing I look for is experience. And when I say experience, I don't necessarily mean experience of having a job, but having the understanding of the technology stack, what it takes, what hackers do and what they're looking to do, being able to understand and and decompress that. And then how does that apply within a business setting and how do you protect a business from than the, the, the malicious hackers. So a, as a CEO, beyond just those technical skills, what other types of skills are you looking for in new junior type of employees? Yeah, so the interpersonal skills are are very important. I mean, we, we hire um, as much based on the technical abilities as the interpersonal skills. Um, so, and that's, difficult in this field. I have to be honest. I mean, I'm a geek myself, have been all of my life and have worked really hard to be able to have a a personal connection with other people and be able to have those personal skills and to be able to communicate and talk with other people because that that's critical. So I, I noticed that you're based in Iowa and I live in Oklahoma. And so one issue that that's really important to me is rural cybersecurity. And I know you live in one of the bigger cities in your state, but there are a lot of rural communities in, in Iowa. So while we're facing a, a, a workforce shortage nationally, I think the problem is more acute in those communities. Have you kind of seen this uh, trend? I have. And so that that lack of lack of understanding of what, especially small municipalities, I mean, small municipalities are, are being targeted by attackers because they don't have the, A, they don't have the budget that to properly protect themselves or the knowledge of how to implement it. We actually hired a gentleman 2019 that was involved in a, a city in Florida that was that paid a four hundred and sixty thousand dollar ransom, and it was only a thirteen thousand population of thirteen thousand city paid a four hundred and sixty thousand dollar ransom, and it's it's yeah it's crazy, but those small communities just don't have the resources to really understand what they need or the budget to go along with it. So the first thing is, is education. And it, I mean, it takes small town mayors to go and then the, the, the city council to understand what they need. I mean, they just have to go out and learn the basics at least, and then be able to hire the right staff to be able to implement what they need from a cybersecurity standpoint. So a lot of my listeners aren't Oklahomans. They're, they're on the coast area. So can, can you kind of just talk to them about why cybersecurity is just important uh, for these rural communities as they are for these bigger cities? Well, I, I mean, the big thing is that it doesn't matter where you are. You're a target. 
I mean, I think that that's the, that's the first thing that people need to understand is that if you have an internet connection, you're a target and no, there's no city, there's no small business that doesn't have internet connectivity anymore. And so any, if you have a computer system, you're a target. I mean, that's the, the simplest way that I can, <laughs> that I can put it. And if, if, um, if you ever look at firewall logs, um, which, I, I'm sure you know, g- general public is not looking at firewall logs, but some of the listeners of the podcast might. Um, and it's, I mean, it's attacks hundreds of times a day that they're just actively seeing out. Oh, is there anything open? Is there anything open? Um, and those are all bots. I mean, they're not, it's not like there's a human that's going out and checking that it's a, it's a bot that's reporting back to say, Oh, Hey, there's a vulnerability here. We should go attack it. I gave a presentation in a smaller town more recently uh, about cybersecurity issues. And one of the questions that I got was, what can we do to help these rural communities attract and retain cyber professionals? And so I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, I mean, the you know, it, it, it comes down to what does the community have to offer and can they do it remotely? So even if you can't attract as a, as a small community, if you can't attract the talent in, then you need to be willing to hire them remotely. And it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I, I have employees all over the world. I'm based in Iowa. That is, is uh, I would love to say is the technology capital of the world, but it's not. But we hire employees all over the world. And small communities and rural businesses can do exactly the same thing. So you're not limited by you have to have that person here. They they need to have the talent and the ability to work remotely. So a big focus of this podcast is on the importance of diversity in the cybersecurity field. Could you speak about the importance of diversity in the cybersecurity profession? Yeah, I mean I think it's it's critical. I mean we don't it, it's such a white male dominated field I and mean, technology has been for a long time. And we, we are in this bubble that we need to expand and have that diversity so that we, we as the CEOs of companies and, and I'm the prototypical white male, but I, I want that diversity within my company because it makes us a stronger business. It gives us a larger understanding of what the needs of, of businesses and the employees are. So what are some ways that we can increase the number of women and people of color in the field? And, and then just talk about maybe some things that you're doing at your company to address that issue. Yeah. So some things that, that we do, I mean, so like I said, we hire anywhere, you know, anywhere in the, in the country and even have contractors that are outside the US. But one thing that we do to to help that is as we're evaluating, you know, we evaluate for the best candidate for the job, but then we will prioritize women and people of color and minorities to help make sure that we're being diverse in our hiring practices. Thank you so much for your time. Where can we find you on the on the internet? Are there any speaking events upcoming for you? Yeah, so um, getcryptostopper.com is the the website, and um, people can email me directly too. It's gedwards at getcryptostopper.com. Upcoming events that we're doing, we're doing the 
ASCII events that are upcoming, uh, actually supposed to be in-person events starting in May. So definitely uh, encourage you to register and and uh, find out where those events are. I'm, I think May might be a little, little uh, uh, optimistic, but hopefully at least by June and July, we'll be doing those in-person events. Greg, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today on Nothing About You Says Computer Technology. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Visit the show's website at nothingaboutyou.com. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'll see everyone next week.